to the Three Man Weave Podcast. It's your host, ZB, up in the studio. We got a very, very exciting episode today. Hashtag Nick's Tape, hashtag The Garden. Michael Gardner's with us. Mike. Glad to be back. Mike, glad, how are glad, you? Glad, Recur- glad, re- glad recurring, very like recurring, recurring guest. I'm just glad to be here. Michael man. Gardner in studio, and we're going to run through, uh, you know, pretty much a season opus for the New York Knicks. Been an interesting offseason. Carmelo Anthony's uh, gone, and obviously no better place to start than the man whose hands the franchise has been put in after Carmelo Anthony. Kristaps Porzingis is now the centerpiece of the organization. Last year, Porzingis averaged 18-7, and played around 33 minutes per game, went healthy for a 55 true shooting percentage. Mike, what do you expect for Porzingis and... uh, how do you think the uh, centerpiece role offensively is going to affect him, and how do you think he'll embrace that role? Yeah. Um, first of all, I'm glad I'm just glad to be here in studio with. Yeah, you said that already. Wave. No, I'm, I want to say it twice. Um, but yeah, so so for me, I kind of see it in two ways. I see it as as a rational fan. I see it as like a Knicks fan, like as like a full on homer Knicks fan. I really think this guy can like, and even I really think this guy can be like, Towns, all the big men who are good, like type player who can really take over this team and just really do everything this team. He's 7'3", he, he runs like a gazelle, he can dribble, he can shoot. He's, he's, his post game is good, he has great touch around the rim. I, I see problems with fouling and stuff, like, what, what, as a rational sports fan, you gotta, you gotta be patient, because he, yes, it is his third year in the league, and yes, this is when people tend to break out, but he came in as a raw, skinny, really skinny dude who, like, who's gonna have to play the 4 and 5. It's Even at 7'3", with his height, which has played to his advantage he's he's he hasn't been featured yet he hasn't had like a towns-esque development where yep. he's been or he was thrown right into like the fire from the beginning as being the guy right like i, I get but because of because of mellow because of d rose and all that all the nonsense we've gone through the last few years since he's been on the team but yet again i think i think if he can stay healthy this year and get through a year get like get through this year as a, as a top guy I think come like post All Star break, we're gonna see like we're gonna see what he really can do, and be like a true, be a true stud in this league, and be a true like top five center power forward type guy in the league, and be really tough. Yeah, I mean he he, he quite frankly has not looked great in preseason. Uh, granted, it's preseason how much how much stock you want to put in that, but he's he's playing a little hurt too. Yeah, he's playing a little hurt. I mean, I I think. Two questions are, can he stay healthy, and can he be efficient while increasing volume? I think that's really the biggest question for him is, you know, last year he barely ever put put the ball on the floor Uh, because I think part of that was playing in in, with the type of guys that were around him. I think there was an element of paralysis for Porzingis where because of how unwilling to share both Derrick Rose and Melo were, I think he had an urgency to shoot whenever he got the ball. Yeah. Um, Hopefully it's more natural from this year. So I think, yeah, yeah, I think it has to be more natural because if Knicks fans expect him to go out and, and assert himself as a number one guy, don't forget they brought in Tim Hardaway to be a wing scorer. So it's not like this offense is is, is going to be about Porzingis 
Um, I mean, I'm, I'm sure there's going to be an emphasis to get him as many touches as possible, but I think Knicks fans need to tap, you know, temper their expectations a bit because I think you want to see the efficiency maintained more than you want to see the volume increased. Um, so, yeah. so, so I, I worry about him forcing it a little bit. I, 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 I'm, I love Porzingis. Um, I think he's going to be a great player. I think it's going to be a tough year for him just making the adjustment. But, but at the same time, he does have a super competitive, super gritty personality that, that I think he, he has a New York mentality. He has a dog inside him that he wants to let out and really prove to this league that he can do it without Melo. I I completely agree. And I, I, I agree with your efficiency with what you said about the efficiency. I'm not so concerned about that as much because this is we had to temper expectations that he's being thrown into the fire here, and that he's I, I think like I, he might struggle early being the guy, and as I mean I don't know I, I don't really take much stock in preseason I don't really like it that much yeah yeah the yeah. Knicks have looked like utter trash in the, in the preseason if we're being totally yeah honest. I mean get get used to that though yeah no I'm I, I am and like and I've I've had them be trash for my entire life so I mean but this is this is a year where I actually have hope as a Knicks fan because like. We we get to see our our guy with no restrictions. We have Tim Hardaway, who's who I who I really think is gonna be better than people think. Seventy one million dollars, eh? But like, he he's gonna be better than what we than what our team thinks. I think he's gonna be a viable second uh, second score. And we, now we have and we also and we also see like if KP can be a real passer and be a real team team player because we have we have guys like McBuckets around him. We have guys like Kylo Quinn can stretch the floor a little bit. We have um. Uh, who's our starting lineup? We have probably start Jared Jack and stretch the floor. We can stretch the floor a little bit. Um, I mean, Corny Lee let, was like top ten in three point percentage last year. Like if we can, if we can stretch the floor and like really feature KP and let him and let him develop and become like a not only just a scorer but a playmaker and a rebounder because I really think he has the skills to do it yeah, and I mean, just the, and just takes experience to get I, there. I really think that this team can be better than what people think. I mean, I think, but that begs the question. Is Porzingis a four or a five? Because he's, without he's, a doubt, in my mind, he's a five. He, he's a five offensively. Yeah. If if we want to be, um, if we want to unleash our offensive potential as a team, Porzingis at the five makes a ton of sense. That being said, with so many bigs on this roster, if you're playing Porzingis at the five and you want to make minutes at the four for you know, say a Lance Thomas or a Beasley or a McBuckets. Then you have a lot, you know. You have you, you have, have a, a log jam of centers. Yeah. So so what I, what I would so say what, about that is that I actually so I think playing KP at the four at some points for a lot of, for a lot of it will be better in terms of like we talked we, we um we talked earlier about this how about how he he was like one of the biggest foulers in the league. Yeah, he's been and massive foul yeah, trouble throughout his five, career. Top five in the league. So I think he he fouls more when he has to be at the rim and just be like a and and body centers. So that. I think having, I mean, even I don't like having four Hernan Gomez, Canner, Noah, and O'Quinn. I don't like having all four of them, but him not playing the five all the time is not the worst thing. I think for for now, if he's gonna, if he's gonna play big minutes, because I because he doesn't have, he he can stay more on the perimeter with fours. Then again, what, what I'm kind of talking myself in a circle here because like. He's also he also led our team in blocks last year. He averaged two a game, and we want him near the rim because he's yeah. seven three. I mean, I, I mean, I, I agree with you. I, I think if you want to protect Porzingis this season, um, especially given the foul trouble and the difficulties he's had staying on the floor, then playing him at the four makes sense. That being said, 
when when we eventually sign him to the extension, it's going to be to be our center of the future. Oh, 100%. So getting we, those minutes in now and, 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 you know, let's move on to the rest of the big men um, and zoom out from Porzingis a little bit. Obviously, Joakim Noah's contract's an albatross, but could O'Quinn be moved for value? And, you know, if not, how do you see this point, this center rotation working out? Because I, I think Gomez has, has earned the right to be the to, starter. I don't know about to be a starter, but given that he's a part of our future, it seems like. I, I, I don't know if the same can be said about Cantor or yeah. Quinn or well, Joe Noah. Cantor's making this money this year and next year, so he's off. I, I We lose Noah in three years, which kind of sucks. Um, yeah, that's. Um, we lose. That's hard. We'll probably lose. We're gonna probably lose Alan Canner after next season. Bill, like, we need to. I, I I really felt like after last year we'd be able to trade O'Quinn for some for something, and because I, I he played he played great. He was, he was probably my favorite besides for Billy. He was my favorite. He was the best center. He was he was my favorite center on the team. Yeah, I mean, like, that or Mason or what Marshall Plumley. Yeah, yeah, sorry, that's <laughs> true. There's also three only three of them. But like, um, I mean, O'Quinn really. I really liked his minutes last year, and I I think he can do. He can do wonders on a really good team, like as a backup center, like like a he'd be a good like Jokic like backup, I think, because just like he there can. There sh- aren't that many teams around the league that are looking for a center. They they just signed Mason Plumlee to a four year oh, extension. Oh right, that's right. I forgot about that. But, but I um, mean, no, I, I agree with your larger point. But I I here's the thing: if you're not going to shed some of this through a trade, how do we split the minutes? You either have to figure out a really creative way to split the minutes, or you have to. Be comfortable and send the message to the team. We're tanking. I'm sorry, Ennis Cantor. I'm sorry, Joaquin Noah. You're not. You're just not going to play. Yeah, do, I'm, I'm down I mean, for I mean that. do we have the willingness as an organization to, to to send that message to our team, whether you know it's deliberately or it's just through the minutes, you know, through the through the rotation. You know, how willing are we going to be to? Really not respect Joakim Noah or Ennis Kander, what they've done yeah. in their career, and just give those minutes out to yeah. Billy and Chris. I, I, I would actually be very down for that. The, knowing the Knicks organization, though, we probably won't. Knowing like, knowing from the past experiences, like, we've we've consistently signed, like we've always had, we've always we consistently signed log jams. We consistently signed like a bunch of guys who were to pass their prime to contracts way that are way more than they should have been signed for. Like no, like. Throughout my entire life, it's been happen. It's happened, and and they've and we've literally used them out on the court. We've literally put them on the court. Like, like talk, I can talk Steve Francis. I can talk Jerome James. I can talk about Joakim. I can talk about like Penny Hardaway back in the day. Like we've played yep. them all these minutes. Like, no, no, I, I, that's that's the only thing I hope we don't do. I, and I've said this for, I mean, I've pretty much said this for years now. The Knicks have been pretty incompetent with just like developing young talent because we've always signed all. We've always tried to be like win now, win now, win now because. We're gonna get all this money for LeBron at some point, or we're gonna be like, or we're gonna like uh, sign this veteran who's still gonna be good after an injury, and it's every time it's failed us. So hopefully we can realize we see we with what we're seeing around the league with like like Den, Denver post Melo trade was good, then they got they were bad, then we're good again by developing young talent. You have yep um, the Sixers with the process. You have the Golden State Warriors doing it all organically and like through 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 the team. We see, hopefully we see these trends and. And it was pushing the right direction after we fired Phil, because of the triangle is clearly not going to work today unless you have like an MJ Kobe S score on your team, and still even like that's, I I don't I I don't even know if that would work in today's NBA with all the running and space 
space and pace. But I I mean just like as a Knicks as a Knicks fan like I I want to see Hernan Gomez and KP on the court together. I want to see how that I want to see that dynamic a lot. I want that to be featured. I want to see KP yeah, uh, Hernan Gomez and Frank on the court at all times. Like, I, I just want to see that. I, like, I agree. Wins and loss at this point, like coming, just being like as a ra- as a rational Knicks fan instead of an irrational one. Like wins and loss at this point, I can be I, like, I could really not care less at this. I just want to see, I just want to see like our young guys get minutes and see like can this guy really make an impact on the floor down the line, and do and if like if that's the case, like can we please just push like we please just please just push them into uh prominent roles early i want i want them to like i, I like the, i like the signing of jared jack i like the sign of like veterans to, like mentor them I like i think Joakim noah will do wonders for Hernan gomez on the defensive end just yeah yeah for yeah. energy and scrappiness no, I, 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 agree, um, I agree but like i just want these i want the young guys to just play and i want them to get minutes together because we haven't done that in the past and that's clearly the formula for winning the nba unless you have lebron yeah i i agree i, I mean i think Porzingis, Frank, Hardaway, on the floor together, as much as possible. Yes, hundred percent, absolutely as much as possible. Um, all right, I mean, so so you know, sliding down a little bit too. Maybe when Porzingis plays the five, these guys will play some four. But you know, kind of our our, our three and D wings um, between Mike Beasley, Doug McDermott, and Lance Thomas. Who are you most excited to see this year, and why? Uh, at the four. I, I mean, kinda, at the at the, at the three four, but out of those guys, who seem to be kind of at the same position. Beasley, Beasley, Lance. McDermott, and Lance. Uh, I mean, I want to see I want to see Beasley at the four because he's been talking all this all this crap of the summer. Yeah, I like, think I think Beasley's gonna gonna be good for the next. I think he's gonna be good for the next two. I, he's but he's saying he's like the mellow of the left side of the floor. He's a like culture. Funny. He he he's become miraculously. He's become a culture guy. Really, he really has um, been. Every, every like Houston loved him. Miami Miami liked him. Like yeah, and and, and I, here's the thing. I think. You know, we we we're kind of sliding in and out of the larger and the, and and the more specific discussion. But as good of a like now that the expectation of being good is off our shoulders with Melo being gone, we can still have a positive culture and be a bad team this year. I completely agree. You know, you look at teams like Phoenix or Philadelphia, um, Denver, as you mentioned, teams in the past that because they know they're going to lose and because they're emphasizing young guys getting minutes. It's not so bad when, you know, you only win 20 games. All right. That being said, I, I yeah, I think Beasley's going to help out with that. Um, He's but a culture guy. Great. Like, McDermott, McDermott is an interesting piece to me because he kind of helps fulfill that surround Porzingis and Frank with shooter's vision. That, that's what I, that's Which what I think people have. Um, you know, Frank and Porzingis giving you a little bit more, but surrounding them with shooters and just saying, go run, pick, and roll every play. McDermott can be that, you know, 41-42% spot-up guy uh, this season, hopefully. McBuckets. So, what I, I'm excited to see how he can play with Porzingis, um, you know, being that weak side shot off the pick and roll. I love – I dude, I love McBuckets. I, I He plays no defense, but, I mean, there's not going to be much defense being played on the Knicks this season. And, yeah, no. And, uh, you know what? I honestly, like, it is what it is. And I, I hope McBuckets can take a starting role here, starting at the three here, and stretch four from time to time, and just take it and run with it. I hope, I, I like, I hope he takes the opportunity and just like, and and just like, and kills it. Cause like, I, I think he can. Like, he, he can, he can shoot, and like, he has, he has a little, and, and 
he's gonna have to, and people are gonna have to guard Porzingis. Porzingis is a glitch. He's seven yep. three, like he's seven three, and, and can handle the ball. Like you don't see that in the NBA, and like he can do so many things that guards can do. So I, I, I'm so I think if Porzingis, his McDermott's value is totally gonna revolve around Porzingis's and Frank's ability to be playmakers, or like or whoever whoever our point guard is at this point. Um, I, I really think that um, that. That McBuckets can and, and like he has been not he has been getting better a little better I believe like he, he yeah I mean I, he he looks pretty good at, uh, in preseason you know granted granted we've gotten our ass handed to us but yeah I mean but I I mean with this wing rotation you know we the, the roster is not so coherent because there's a lot of bigs lot of, there's a lot, lot of bigs and a lot of two guards and a lot of two guards um you know Hardaway Courtney Lee uh you Frank, know Lance you Lance Frank. Damian Dotson, Ron Baker, uh, Ramon Sessions. So there's a lot of guards that have to get minutes. But Is Ron Baker going to get minutes this year? I, I think Ron's going to get some minutes. That being said, you know, eighth overall pick in last year's draft, Franklin Lakina. Knicks take the guy from France, passing up on Malik Monk, passing up on Dennis Smith Jr., passing up on Donovan Mitchell, passing up on Luke Kennard. Um, I like the pick. I I like what I've seen from Frank, and I, I I do also like the fact that he's played professional basketball. He looks like really a, a dog defensively, and you know he can shoot the rock for sure. So, what do you expect from Frank this season? Um, yeah, we'll start with that. What, what, what are your expectations? All right. So uh, my my thinking for Frank this year is like, all right. So as I said before, I hope we unleash him. Let it give him minutes. That's that's why first and yeah, foremost, that, that, that's, that's the what, that's square one. That's square one. And if he has those minutes, I just want to see a guy who can, who's, who can finish, who can finish around the rim and make and can pass, who can pass early, who can be a good like playmaker early. So like I'm, I'm saying I don't want a guy who, who who's going to be dribbling a ton. I don't want like, um, I don't expect that from him. No, I don't expect yeah. that from him either. I, I want a guy who can move the, who can moves the ball well, and who can who can see who can get into the flow of the NBA quickly. I, I want the that adjustment to quickly. Quick, because I think eventually he's gonna be a great defender. He's six, what six five, like long arms, crazy. I I think eventually that that'll come. Because rook, rookies are not like rookies are tend to not be strong defensively. That's that's just how it is in the NBA. Because the adjustment period. I'm looking for I'm just looking for a guy who can who who battles and who just like who can who can run a who can run a screen and roll and make the right pass and yeah I mean and, and knock and knock down a, and knock down an open three. Yeah, I'm just going to jump in here. I, I think the key word to use was battles. Like, ideally for Frank, I think you want to throw him out there. He needs to be the guy handling the ball late in fourth quarter of any close games we have. Yeah, like, I, you I, I throw, want to see some intensity. You want to throw him into the fire, let him make mistakes, let him go play, unleash him. And I think until you realize that he's not going to be that guy, treat him like he's the guy. Yeah, treat him like he's the point guard absolutely. of the future. You know, I understand that perhaps – after the pick was made, you know, there was, you know, oh, this guy's a George Hill. You know, he's not the point guard of the – what, whatever. No one knows if he's going to be a star or not, but the best possible way to treat this situation is as if, you know, Frank, we believe in you. You're the point guard of the future. It's you and Porzingis. Come in with that attitude and make his poor play prove you wrong rather than waiting to buy in. Um don't treat him like a role player off the bat, which is what I fear Hornacek is, is tending towards. Don't see him as, you know, a guy that can come in and contribute 
um, a little bit as a rookie, and you'll see where it goes. Fucking Frank needs to be over fucking Ron Baker in the rotation. Yes. Like it, oh, it, it, if, if he's not, I'm going to... If I'm he's not our gonna... starting... Like, like, if Dennis Smith is a starting point guard in Dallas, Frank sure as hell needs to be starting point guard in New York. We, we're not... Oh, one million percent. So, so... I don't think he's going to start. You got to throw him in the sucks, fire. Wanna... If he doesn't start, that's... I really don't like that, that decision. I, I completely agree. I, and, I 100% Yeah, agree. I mean, this just brings back to giving Ron Baker that contract in the beginning of free agency was just so dumb. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I... I I I think Frank should start. I don't even think it's a question. I thought we I thought that like, um, I think that the Knicks like front office thought we would have gotten more in a mellow deal. And we would be able to mellow plus a few other players and get more stuff. Yeah. I think I think that w- was the case in that like, um, and that's why we have log jams everywhere. Um, and they and Phil Steve Mills whoever was just and 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 the new guy has to, like take. Uh, and we had we had to take and like now we have to take with what we have and we have to deal with it because we were pretty much incompetent for the last three years. Um, <coughs> I mean, more more with Frank. I just want to see. I just want like like with the battle comment. I just really want to see a guy who just takes it to to opposing point guards and is like yeah. not intimidated at all. I don't think he will be actually. You don't think so? Like I I don't know what to expect honestly from from that standpoint. Even based on the preseason games, he's been like a little passive. He's been like. You know, trying. I try to adjust. That's like what. That's. I'll what tell you. I, I mean, he he really competed with D'Angelo Russell, which I liked. Um, the one thing I'll say is, you know, from interviews I've heard and and from kind of seeing him, he doesn't have that like international like. Oh yeah, like you the, know, like the, the soft stereotype. The soft, the soft Europe stereotype. He this kid's, you know. Like I said, he's that defensive bulldog who's going to come in and compete day one, and I'm. Uh, I'm excited to see it. Um, also, you know, other biggest addition of the offseason, um, Tim Hardaway Jr. coming in, like you said, on the really super big contract from Atlanta, um, has shown a proven ability to score the ball in this league, but um, obviously defensive deficiencies have been well documented. I expect Tim Hardaway to be in a featured scoring role for this team, um, you know, playing off of Porzingis, but... You know, still he, he should be getting a good amount of jump, a good amount of shots, uh, and you can already see that in the preseason. Mike, you know, thoughts on Tim and how he's going to fit in, and you know, more importantly, what what do you think he sees his role as next to Porzingis and Frank? His, his, in, his in role, I think he sees his role as just like one A type thing. I think he thinks he's gonna be I, I, yeah. I, I I think he thinks he's one A, and I, I don't really like. Or that. sorry, one B. That's what I meant. Yeah, one B. Yeah, um, or one one A or one A one B. I mean, thing. it depends. Like. Are you going on the A B system or like the nothing A system? Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I, I, I like the I like the A B system. So I, I messed up the first time. I think it's the one A Porzingis, one B Tim Hardaway. But I I want I want to I want I want to see it as a one two system. But that with all that, I I think Tim is gonna is is viewing the season as like, listen, I guess I I they pay me this money. I want to prove to the to New, I I need to prove to New York that I'm worth it. That's I think. I think that's how he's, he's hungry. Yeah, he's hungry. I think he's hungry. He he wanted he wants to he wants to be a, the guy. At the end, yep. of the, if you watch if you watch the Hawks games like the end of the last season when he started to like really explode, they would defer to him on pick and rolls. They defer to him like on on just like being a playmaker and scoring and and one on one scoring too. And like he succeeded in that in the second half of the season. He was spectacular. He was fantastic. Um, but I I mean they they let him shoot 12, 12 shots a game. In Atlanta, we're we're a t- with a team with Dwight and Schroeder, like, um, yep, yep. And, and Millsap, 
And um and the sap. Yeah, and and the sap. <laughs> and the sap. So like he I think he's coming in here as like this is this is my team type thing. I'm like it's me and Kristaps at the at the top of the hierarchy here, and then and I I mean I kind of want to unleash him too. He's young. He's how old? He's 20, 25 years old. This is like this is the time where he's where he needs to like go from go from an uh an up and comer to to a very like like. If it was East West All Star, like All Star type of player, I, I don't know if he's gonna be All Star. No, I don't think he's gonna be All Star. But like I'm saying, in the East, I I would say like I would say that's where he should set his goal at. That's where like yeah, I think he should be one of the. I think he wants to be a a, a eighteen point eighteen points a game score. Yeah, I I, I agree. Eighteen points a game from Tim would be would be fantastic. It's for me, it's more a question of how does he fit in with this with with, with this group. And what kind of role is he willing to accept? Because, wait, what do you think? Eight, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I mean, I know. I think he has a lot to prove. But well, I hope. I hope that doesn't get in the way of him be, uh, understanding the situation and accepting a backseat to Porzingis. You can score eighteen points in a in in, 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 a, in a multiple of ways. Yeah. So, I'm happy to see him taking eight threes a game, and you know, being a real a real three and D wing, you know. Shooting a ton, but I'm not happy to see him, you know, thinking he's taking over the catching offense. catching the ball in the mid post, telling guys to get out of the way, facing up and, and going to the basket. I that that, that should that not would be a that drug. would be that would be worst case. That would, that be, would worst be worst case. case. That would yeah. be worst case. Hundred percent. I I completely agree. That would be worst case. I I mean, best case he fits in the flow. I I think, I mean, th- looking at his first day with the Knicks, like his attitude was that he wanted to shoot the ball. He just wanted to, he wanted to shoot the ball, and like that's the kind of guy. Exactly. He is. I mean, he, and he, I'm okay with that. He, he loves the Garden. I would like I would like him to run with some of the second unit guys loves. and and uh, and alternate and be the guy in the second unit. And yeah, that's not a bad idea. I, I don't hate it. Like because we could put a guy like Courtney Lee out with Porzingis. If we were really trying to feature Porzingis, we just put Courtney Lee out there, let Porzingis do his thing, and you know, and and go from there. Um, All right, Mike. So um. Closing up with some, uh, you know, zoom out questions. How how do you expect this team to play? Uh, what kind of style? Uh, I don't think there's going to be a lot of defense involved, but very little. You know, what do you expect from this team um, in terms of their, their their approach on the court? Um, I I think this team. I think it's a whole culture change right now. I think it's a team that wants to battle and is going to make. It, I think I, I want this team to come out and be like. I want the other and make the team beat you. Like go walk out there. Like you may I not like, have the talent. I like that. I like that. And just and and be like, I, I we are we are not going to lose this game ourselves. We're not we're not going to be um we're going to be aggressive. We're going to be in, we're going to be like even though we're not even though the team itself is not great defensively, I just want a team that just wants to hustle and play for each other. And I think that's what this this team's going to be. I think I think Chris Stapp's going to come out as a big as a big time leader this year. I really do. I really think he's going to be fantastic in that role. And I think with mentorship from Joking with Joakim Noah and stuff like that, I think he, I think it's gonna be good. In terms of like how we're gonna play, I mean, I, I'm really not expecting much in terms of wins and losses. I, I like I said, the bar like 27 wins. Well, 20 I mean, yeah, wins. We'll, we'll get to that in, in a minute. Yeah, all right. But, um, I mean, yeah, I mean, for me, it's. I think we're gonna be fun this season, though. Yeah, I think, I think, I think we're, we're gonna, gonna be, be fun. fun. For me, I think we're gonna be fun. It's um, not gonna be. It's, we're not gonna be like frustrating. We're, we're not gonna be like incredibly frustrating to watch. We're like we're watching mellow isos for like. Play, like yeah, I mean, there's going to be 25 and 30 point losses for sure. You know, I think we're going to shoot a ton of threes and, and hopefully get out and run. The next question, and we can just go to it was 
you know, are the Knicks going to be fun this season? Will Fran- will fans embrace them, or will it be more of the same old Knicks? I think the onus is on the fans here to understand situation and and not I just, be. And I, think the fans, I, I I don't think the fans are necessarily from people I've talked to. Eighty-two games is a long time to suck, so you have to buckle up for that ride and be willing to really care about this team on a deeper level than wins is losses. So the Knicks haven't entered a season in a while where we, we've been bad without expecting to be bad. Now, because we expect to be bad, can we be good? When we end up being bad, how do fans react? Because I, I, the, the expectations should not be there. So there's not the disappointment factor, but there is still the factor of, you know, ending the season with, with, a, with a dramatically losing record. Yeah, so I I think the fans have I think fans have seen enough in the NBA that like they 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 they'll embrace tanking even in New York because they we we're seeing like especially if Philly is like successful this year if they're like actually good and the Knicks see that and like we're tanking we'll be like all right we're three we're two three years away from being this right and that's what I think that's what yeah we, I think that's what fans will expect I think it's on I think that there will be the biggest uproar if um. I think there'll be the biggest uproar if we don't play Frank and it, we do, we don't feature Frank. That'll be the biggest uproar. As if yeah, we play all no, these like that's, that's replacement level veterans and we're not like showcasing our young guys, that will that will piss yeah. the fans I mean, off. I, I think what you're, what you're saying is, if the rotation does not reflect the objective, then that will be a real problem. Exactly. Because we're gonna suck either way, no matter who we play. Yeah. Quite frankly, but if the objective is to develop young talent, you know. I, I I am completely fine if Damian Dotson gets minutes, if Rayton Mays gets minutes, if it's if, if Nigel Hayes gets minutes. Seeing those guys out there early in the season, I'll be very very fine with that. Me too. Um, depends who's on the D League roster or not, but um, yeah. I mean, I think the, ref, the rotation has to reflect the objective. And you know, coming to our last question, which is oh, on one more thing, one more yeah, thing, one more thing, Mike. Good. Trey Burke edition. What do you think about the Michigan connection? No, I mean I love it. I'm obviously those of you who know me. I'm a huge Michigan basketball fan, and uh, posted all. It's gonna be great. I mean, shot against Kansas, greatest shot of all time. (laughs) College basketball of all time. Um, like as as a Michigan guy, do you think do you think we'll see lineups of Trey and Tim together? No, I mean I I don't expect. I don't don't know if Trey's gonna make the team to start off. That's fair. He's having a he's he. The, the backcourt that they were the backcourt that was that yeah. was them. Who would have ever thought that Tim Hardaway would be the hey, would be the guy making seventy one millions and pro Trey blue be, pro blue yeah. John who says John Beeline can't develop talent? All right, <laughs> Calipari, I'm coming for you. <laughs> Calipari. Last question. <laughs> Win loss projection. Um, Mike, why don't you why don't I, you go I, first? I said the I said the I think Vegas has us at like thirty thirty one thirty one and a half. I think right? it is. Uh, I I would I would say uh, we're gonna win like twenty eight games. And I think I think we're gonna win twenty eight games based on just us shooting better than other teams. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So I said I said thirty and fifty two. Um, so right around that Vegas line. Um, yeah. I I mean I you know this is, was listening to uh Simmons Bill Simmons the other day and really the question is is are we smart enough to tank? If we are, the worse record, the better. But there's enough there, probably, you know, to hit that over. But the question is, are we capable of showing, you know, restraint and tanking? Um, it's going to be a fun season for New York. 
I, uh, I think the I think the fans are gonna embrace this yeah, team. Yeah, the too. fans are gonna embrace Cause it. Like, Cause like this is the time hey, where like Chris Taps is our guy now. I'm I'm excited, man. I'm you have, excited. You have Unicorn City. It should be interesting. Um, just ordered on Amazon when the garden was eaten by Harvey Araton. Looking forward to reading that. Um, yeah, thanks for listening. Some good literature. Um, uh, Mike, any any uh, I'm just, final thoughts. Uh. I'm I'm excited for the year, man. I'm I'm excited for NBA basketball yeah. to be back. It's bottom of the seventh in this Yankees game, nursing a one run lead. So we're gonna finish that up. Um thanks for listening. Uh looking forward to next season. We got some uh, more pods coming out and uh have a good night.